Well, good morning, guys. Good morning and happy Easter. This is an awesome day. How many of you, he's alive in your life? How many of you are woke? <laughs> Amen. Wow. Look at you guys. We're missing some people. Some people are playing hooky, whatever, whatever. <laughs> it's just good to look at you guys and just see your smiling faces and your Easter clothes and your pretty faces in the morning, cleaned and washed up, teeth brushed. <laughs> Deodorant, that's important, yes. Deodorant's important for worshiping. <laughs> well, I really, sometimes when I pause, I really just like to look at everybody. <laughs> okay, but we have to, things to do. First, I just want to remind you guys, this next weekend... We're going camping. Woohoo! Yeah. Yes. Some of some of you are staying in tents. Some of us are staying in an RV. <laughs> Cause we we like to glamp. Sarah says we're bougie, but I'm fine with that. <laughs> Doesn't bother me at all. <laughs> oh man, let's see. What do we have to cover? A um, couple things on the camping. If you have not paid your camping fees, please go online and do that. There's a camping drop-down box where you pay. It's 45 bucks, I believe. Please don't forget to pay for that. And don't forget to read your packets fully for camping. <laughs> for as far as, you know, what to bring, food, what meals are provided for you, yada, 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 yada. Oh, let me see. I, I have something rolling in my head, so I'm trying to stay focused here and not go with what's in my head. Well, today is the day that we remember that the stone was rolled away. Today is the day that um, the keys were taken back and we were given our authority back, right? And I think, you know, what's, it's like I feel like I have these announcements, but what's rolling in my head is that that little part that the stone was rolled away and the keys were taken back and we walk in power and we walk in authority. So with that, man, I just ask you, I don't want this to sound like I'm insinuating you have a stone on your heart and it's round because I think the stone was round on Jesus' tomb. Um, But that that stone would be rolled away and that you would be resurrected to who he created you to be. That you would walk in your authority, walk in your identity, walk in your calling, and let nothing stop you. It's okay when they doubt you. It's okay when they don't believe I just watched The Chosen, because you're supposed to during Easter. You know, any kind of biblical, you're supposed to watch them. (laughs) It says it in the Bible. And it's ending on the Sermon on the Mount, this last one that I watched. And I I love the characters of the people that they portray in there. I love how they're finding themselves. They're finding who they are, and they're learning about the Lord. They're learning about their power and their gifting and what they carry. Oh, that's what I want us to do. That's what I want for myself more than anything, and I'm just being really honest. <laughs> you know, I have lived this journey in front of you guys, taking that long five-mile walk up here. <laughs> it feels long. My heart beats. I start to sweat. 
all of this that happens in the morning. Ah, anyways. Anyway, <laughs> those are my own personal problems. Um, but I've lived this journey in front of you guys, and I love it. I love, there's the fear part, but I love it because I haven't been let down before. I haven't been let down taking that trek up here, and he lets me down with what he's showing me and what he's teaching me and what he's opening up inside of me and the voice that I'm finding that I've had all along. Just my life that I lived has told me that I don't have it and has shut me down constantly. But I'm on the journey of being woke, and it's not the truth. The stone has been rolled away in my life. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Anywho, uh, I'm going to pass this on to Chris because I like to do that at awkward moments. <laughs> oh, can everybody just give a round of applause for Chris, 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 Chris? <laughs> Thank you, Sarah, for that remembrance. <laughs> I really don't like it when she does that. And that's exactly why she does it. Ah, uh, yeah, I heard that, Jim. Um, man, it's, it's good to be in his house every day, but, um, you know, for a while there, I got kind of real religious, or I was real religious for a long time, but I got a little funny with it. At one point, we'd say, well, every day is Easter for us. We celebrate the resurrection every day. Man, shut up. You know when you get a little funny like that, right? Whatever. It's good um, because today you and I who run this life and run this race every day, we do think that way. But there's so many around the world that today is the day that they kind of do have that remembrance, right? And so it's good because on this day around the world, I mean, you know, I'm, my Catholic family, it's one of the only two times that they go to service, right? And you ask them, why do we go? Oh, it's Easter? So there's some remembrance there. It's like, okay, we'll, we'll take it. I used to be sinner. <laughs> but anyway, it is so good to be in his house today. And yes, we got a lot of family out, so be praying uh, for traveling stuff, you know, uh, as there, a lot of them are traveling and, and different things. And... Um, um, Really, are you, are you ready, Lydia? I'm sorry, we forgot the kiddos. So, are you kiddos ready? So it's either with Miss Lydia or it's in here with me. And all the kids said, <laughs> all the parents said, "All right, kiddos, let's 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 head that way towards Miss Lydia." No junior Holy Spirit. It's just Holy Spirit, so you're going to learn all kind of amazing stuff. We're trying to instruct our next generation of, of how to hear the Father, and Lydia's doing an amazing job with that. Um, but uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty cool what she's got going on. We, we, uh, there are some new changes that we made last week where um, there's now, um, you know, nursery is provided, but also now we have a worship time. So during worship in here, if you're one that you would, uh, you know, want to put your kids back there with the other kids up till seven years old, 
Um, there's, uh, they all come together and they do their own kind of kids worship back there. Um, that's not a have to, it's an if you want to. Um, you know, we love having the kids with the freedom that they have uh, to sing and dance and flag and whatever else they, they do. Uh, but, you know, if, um, if you're at that place where maybe you just need a Sunday where you don't have to worry about, did they go grab the mic? Are they sitting on those mini zero-dollar cameras back there, you know? If you want a Sunday where you don't have to think about that, then it's perfectly fine. Just throw them back in there. Don't throw them literally, even though you may want to. Take this kid. No. Um, but that's, that's available. If you have more questions about that, please see Lydia. Um, we do need more volunteers uh, for that. So if you, if you feel like it's something, it's a really cool schedule, the way it flips. Um, you're not back there for the entire service. It's just for worship. And then there are a couple of times in the month where we have uh, some other things that go on uh, back there that we need parent help with. And if, if everybody pitched in, your volunteer time would be extremely minimal, like months apart. It's, it's really cool how Lydia's kind of game planned it out. But, uh, but anyway, um, we talked about camping. Was there, don't we have a camping meeting this week or something or no? You're, the help to get all the food together. Yeah, everybody got that? Pick up is Thursday evening. So yes, if you're watching online or listening on the podcast, we will not be here next weekend. We are hitting the road, Jack, but we will come back. Uh, we are going to uh, be up at Cedar Hills State Park. It's uh, just a little south of Fort Worth and Dallas, kind of in the middle. Really cool place. So um, uh, man, it's going to be really cool. We're excited. Um I did want to mention, too, how many of y'all follow us on Instagram or Facebook? You know, Facebook's around still. Uh, okay. So, man, did y'all see that they put that clip up there of this crazy lady? Did y'all see that yet? That crazy lady went mini viral. We had, a, we had another uh, uh, reel that hit 2,400 views uh, in just a, just a few hours. Raise your hands, though. Everybody knows. But yeah. So it's been cool. So far, Jim is still in the lead. The, 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 the one that he had about let it flow when he shared that, that little testimony that time about what they had been going, uh, doing and stuff. Uh, it has actually grown. It's from 5,000 to 6,000 views. And um, the, the majority of our other ones, uh, we have several that are hitting into the 4,000 uh, views and stuff. And... Um, it's so awesome that just that the message that we are trying to release to the world around us is getting out like that. It's just really cool. If you don't follow us, um, you know, feel free to go check it out. We also have a TikTok. It's not as um, active just yet, but it's there. Um, and uh, I just, I'm just excited that, uh, that our message is getting out like that and it's being received like that, right? It's just cool. But anyway, this morning, uh, turn with me, if you would, uh, to the book of John, um, chapter 20. Let me know when you get there. And I know they're going to put it on the screen and all that. And um, 
I did notice y'all earlier. Are this y'all's first time with us? Yeah, welcome. Very good to have y'all with us. Uh, I knew I saw some new faces somewhere, and I couldn't remember. Yeah, John chapter 20. Um, how many of y'all have been, that have been with us for quite a while, you know that I'm not really a, a theme kind of person? Uh, thanks, Marilyn. Yeah, I don't, I don't know what it is. I just don't do too well with that, you know, stuff. And um, I used to let that bother me really a lot. I used to sit here and think, man, Lord, I don't really have a, you know, an a, a Easter message or a, my Father's Day message is not like, like this or like that, like all these other people. And, and one day the Lord said, um, are they the one giving you that stuff? Yeah. Or am I? And I was like, yes, sir. <laughs> and then he said, pick your head up. Boy, don't do that. Don't do that. Because I went like that. I was actually praying in the truck, and I was like, oh, man. He goes, no, 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 don't pick your head up. Don't put your head down. And uh, so now I kind of just run with it, and I love it. <laughs> so I don't have a traditional Easter message, at least wholly and fully. But I am going to read to you some passages that, that set us up. See, I, I don't think for one moment that Easter is all about the cross. <gasps> heresy. <laughs> Hashtag heresy hunters are on the loose. I, I don't think it's just about the cross. I don't think that it's actually just about redemption. I don't think it's actually just about the blood. I don't think it's actually just about the grave and the stone and the angels that were there and that John ran faster than Peter. I, I, I don't think that that's what Easter is about, actually. I believe that all of those things and all those events that we read about, they are the setup for what Easter truly is about. Because Easter is about the resurrection. It's the, day we, that he's, the first day of the week that he came up out of the ground. He kicked the stone out of the way. They say it rolled and he probably did a, you know, like a Jedi thing. But I, I, man, my Jesus is a warrior. You know what I mean, Eric? My, my Jesus is a warrior, Jesus, man. I believe that Jesus reached up and front kicked that sucker right in the center. And it went, that, that's what I believe. I don't have a scripture to back that up. But that's okay. It's the gospel according to Chris Cornelius. Anyway. But here in John um, chapter 20, is everybody there? Um, I guess I better get there, huh? <laughs> Sorry. So uh, I'm gonna, I am going to read from the beginning just so we set the context. Uh, but before I do that, man, Father, I thank you so much for today. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your people, uh, those that are here, those that are watching and uh, today, I just absolutely ask you to help our understanding be enlightened to a deeper uh, uh, or greater depth, I should say, of what you want to speak to us, but more so what you want to speak through us as a body in Jesus' name. Amen. It says, now on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene uh, came early to the tomb while it was still dark and saw that the stone had already been taken away. So she ran and came to Simon Peter 
uh, into the, the other disciple whom Jesus loved and said to them, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we do not know where they have laid him. So Peter and the other disciple went forth and they were going to the tomb and the two were running together and the other disciple ran a hand faster than Peter. Cracks me up every time. John is writing his own story here and he has to make note that he runs faster than Peter. We've all heard that joke a thousand times, but it's hilarious to me, man. Every time I read it, it's like, John, come on, bro. Um, so, uh, yeah, we know that uh, Peter came in second, uh, and um, <clears throat> they were stooping down and looking in, and he saw that the linen wrappings lying there, but he did not go in. And so Simon Peter uh, also came following him and entered the tomb, and he saw the linen wrappings lying there in the face cloth, which had been on his head, not lying with the linen wrappings, but rolled up in a place by itself. So the other disciple who had first come to the tomb then also entered, and he saw and believed. That's a real important part of that scripture to remember of verse 8. It says that he saw and he believed. Amen? Keep that in the, in the back of your mind there. Uh, verse 9, For as yet they did not understand the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. So the disciples went away again to their own homes. But Mary was standing outside the tomb weeping. And so as she wept, she stooped and looked into the tomb and she saw two angels in white uh, sitting there, uh, one at the head and one at the feet where the body of Jesus had been lain. See, John, you may have got there faster, but you didn't see angels. Uh, verse 13, And they said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? And she said to them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and do not, I do not know where they have laid him. And when she said, said this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there and did not know that it was Jesus. And Jesus said to her, Woman, why are you weeping? And whom... Are you seeking? Supposing him to be the gardener, she said to him, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have laid him, and I will take him away. And Jesus said to her, Mary. And she turned and said to him in Hebrew, Rabboni, which means teacher. Jesus said to her in verse 17, Stop clinging to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. But go to my brethren and say to them, I ascended to my Father and your Father and my God and your God. And Mary Magdalene came announcing to the disciples, I have seen the Lord, and that he had said these things to her. He keeps going on uh, in verse 19. This is where he, he comes in. Uh, this is uh, Raquel and John's favorite part where he walks through the walls and all that good stuff. And he tells the disciples, peace be with you. Thomas is not there, so he doesn't believe it. And uh, finally, he comes in um, and he tells Thomas, go ahead. And Thomas does and he believes, right? Um, and then down to verse 30. John finishes off as to why he wrote this. He says, Therefore, many other signs 
Jesus also performed in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book, but these have been written so that you may believe that Jesus Christ, uh, Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. And so I want you to jump back up with me to verse 17. I'm going to read this out of the Passion, and I have several notes uh, that I'm going to cover with you, and then we'll go to a couple more places. Um, but in verse uh, or chapter 20, verse 17, uh, so this is where, uh, back, back, backtrack just a second, this is where Jesus is asking her, hey, woman, why are you crying? What's going on? If you're the gardener, you know, I think he's the gardener. Please give me back Jesus' body so I can take it away. He says, Mary, she turns around, um, and he tells her, let me read it to you out of the Passion. Uh, Jesus cautioned her, Mary, uh, do not hold on to me now, for I have not yet ascended to God, my Father. Uh, and he's not only my Father and God, but now he's your Father and your God. Now go to my brothers and tell them what I've told you that I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. So I'm going to come back to this piece in a minute, um, but let me, let me talk real quick about the ascension and the descension. So I'm studying that, and it's really complicated and really interesting because there's a lot of similarities here. Uh, just like Jesus is talking about the ascension, he's, he's referencing when the high priest in the Old Testament, even right now, that the high priest would ascend up to the Holy of Holies, up the steps and all that. And there's a, um, it's not really a type and shadow, but it, it sort of is on that road. He's speaking in this way and handling it this way because that's what they have known all this time. And he says, I'm going to show you where what you've been doing is actually what's needed for me to do because he is the high priest. He is the one that can go up and it'll be never more needed again. Make sense? So this piece right here in verse 17, this is actually the first time in the scripture. This, this caught me so radically the other day as I was reading. Um, this is the first time that... Um, um, that he tells the disciples, the first time I could find that he tells the disciples that he's your God, that you're, it's the first time that he says, my brethren, where he calls them his brothers and he calls them family. Let me read it. Um, I'll read out of the Passion again. Uh, Mary, don't hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to my Father, uh, our, our God, my Father. Uh, and he's not only my Father and my God, but now he's your father and your God. Now go to my brothers and tell them what I've told you, that I'm ascending to my father and your father, to my God and your God. See, the resurrection was really all about bringing you and I back to the standing that God created us to be in. It's all about coming back to the authority that we have the right to stand in as sons of and daughters. Does that make sense? When, when Adam and Eve missed the mark, when they had that whole situation happen and they sinned, it didn't mess anything up with God. 
it messed up things with you and I. And it simply took away what Adam and Eve actually did that day was they gave away the authority that God had given them as his children, right? And from that moment on, they weren't in the same standing. Does that make sense? And this is the first time that he says and calls them as my brothers. It's the first time that he says, he's my God, but he's your God. Because he's not saying it in the stand, in a, from the standpoint of you know, teaching, oh, he's your God, he's your God. He's saying, no, no, now he's yours. Does that make sense? It's the, it's the first time that he mentions this. And the reason is because of what he had just accomplished. It took all of creation right back to where it originally was supposed to be. He brought all of creation right back to the original standing as being sons and daughters. Are you with me? Turn with me. Okay, y'all don't believe me, so let's go to Ephesians Go to Ephesians chapter 4. When you get there, let me know. Ephesians chapter 4. Chapter 4. We have been tearing Ephesians up uh, the last few weeks. And I love it. But um, if you remember, if you've been here with us, this is where we were diving in deep about grace. We were coming to the understanding of what grace actually is and how um, it strengthens uh, the gifting that he's already given you. But just below that uh, is where he talks about, um, we're going to look at verse, um, um, man, I hate to start there in the middle. Uh, let's just start at verse 9. This, uh, and if, please, go back in. I'm going to jump around a lot today more than I normally do. I like to stay in a couple of places, but please go back and read this in context. It, it'll, it'll help, I think, flip some switches. So in verse 9, he says, He ascended means that he returned to heaven after he had first descended from the heights of heaven, even descending as far as the lowest parts of the earth. The same one who descended is also the one who ascended above the heights of heaven in order to begin the restoration and fulfillment of all things. Why did he do this? To restore the restoration or to do, handle the restoration of all things. At the end of the day, why did he die for you and me? Is to restore us back to our original intent. Does this make sense? Just going, just dying on the cross wasn't enough. Heresy. I can hear people sound like cats. Just dying on the cross was not enough. Just the shedding of blood was not enough. He had to go and descend and then ascend. For the, it says it right there. Let me read it one more time. I love this. He he had to, uh, de- he, he who's the same one who descended is also the same one who ascended above the heights of heaven in order to begin the restoration and fulfillment of all things. You notice he says to begin. So, um, 
I've used a lot of analogies over the years, and when it comes to talking about identity and freedom, I believe that that's probably the biggest thing on my heart uh, and Raquel's as well. As, as we lead here, the, we, we want to see people free. We want to see you step into the identity of who God created and made you to be. That's, that's our biggest heart. But you know, when you have the revelation and the understanding that you're now a son of God or a daughter of God, when you have that, that born-again moment, right? When that happens, your standing is restored back to the fullness of what it was originally meant to be. But the restoration is a process. And that's, he says it right here, the beginning to be, in order to begin the restoration. And the reason that that is is because of what Paul writes just couple of chapters over is the course of this life there's been a lot of damage in our lives amen that first song that we sang today I love everything about that song um, I think that we play it better than Bethel ever dreamed of I think we, I think we, I, I mean, hey, I'm sorry, Bill, Chris, Jen, Brian, sorry, but I think we play it better than you guys, man, because we rock that sucker out. I can't wait till we get our bass player and maybe another acoustic player, and then I can really, I can bring my Les Paul. Right, Mark? We're going to get Mark some ears then at that time. Um, but see, that song... I love that song so much, and it's not just the groove, it's not, you know, it, it, it's in a minor, it's not, it's not just all those things musically about it. I love it because of that, that line. I love it that there's no shame anymore. Why was there shame in our life? Because our lives were jacked up. Amen? And some of us, all of us are still learning, and we're still growing we're still in the process of going from glory to glory, from one, from one aspect of redemption to another as we learn more about who we are and how God created us to be and the strengths that are in us and also our weaknesses. We're learning and we're growing. Man, would anybody ever get mad that... Um, I mean, look, I see there's Ray and Carla. Hey. They got that little baby over there that they made. They don't know how that happened yet, but they made a human. Would we, would be, look at that little, that little man is like, what, a year now? Two years? What do I know? Two years old. Are, is anybody mad at that young man for not being able to run hurdles right now? That's stupid, right? That's just a stupid idea. Are we mad that he can't drive? No? Marco, you're going to be learning to drive sometime soon, right? But, but like if we put him in a car right now, have you ever, have you ever driven before, Marco? No? Motorcycle? Uh, Go-kart? Yeah? It's nothing like a car. <laughs> would, it be, would we, if, if Mark and Laura put him in the car today and said, you're going to drive us home, and they had a wreck right here or something, I shouldn't have said that. 
if I put him in a car in a parking lot <laughs> and he couldn't figure it out, would they have any right to be mad at him? And ex- the expectation of him being able at 100%? No, because he's never learned how to drive. That kid can't even hardly, can he run yet? Oh, he can run, okay. But he can't jump hurdles and stuff, right? That's my point. God doesn't expect the same of us. Oh, there's a big religious spirit that we lived in for, we lived under for a long time that said, you better be perfect, for your father is perfect. <laughs> and we took that as we needed to walk on eggshells because he was like Zeus with lightning waiting to strike us because you had a bad thought or whatever. Thank you, Jesus, for freedom. Amen? See, the process of restoration began at the cross. And for you personally, and for me personally, if you're watching here today or down the line on YouTube, if you haven't yet come to that understanding that He loves you, died for you, wants you, He created you to be a son or a daughter, if you haven't come to that yet, then your process hasn't started yet. But for the rest of us, the moment that you said, I do believe, the moment that that happens, that process begins. Now, I do believe that process already starts for God. I think he's back in the back working on us. You know, these angels are shooting little things out and whispers at us. And Holy Spirit is just, man, he's just longing do y'all remember those moments before you, to use our religious word, are born again? Do you remember those? Yeah? You remember those moments where, you know, for me, there was one where I was going to, uh, I was at a car wash, and I was trying to get to Raquel's house. This is before we were married. I was in a hurry, Eric. I got to get to her house. And this elderly lady she must have been in her 70s, and, and she just could barely walk. You know, she's one of those, and she come up, and she goes, excuse me, son, would you mind, if I paid you $5, would you wash my car? Aww. Yeah, because I didn't. I said, ma'am, I can't. I got to go. <laughs> John, I was in love, man. You know, Elvis wrote a song about me at that time in my life. Hunk a hunk of burning love, right? No. Man, I just had to, I had to, get, I had to go. And as I'm, I'm finishing up my car, and I felt this voice in the back of my head saying, man, that's bad. That's what a jerk would do. And I went, Yeah. So I walk over to that next stall, and I, she's standing out at the end like this. And I said, ma'am, I'll go ahead and wash your car. You don't have to pay me anything. She goes, oh, no, I already, already paid him. He's going he's gonna to do it. And I went. I turned around. I come back, and I said, ma'am, I am very sorry. That was very disrespectful. And I should never have done that. I should have helped you. And she goes, it's okay. It's okay. And it made me feel even worse. God was working on me <laughs> before I had that revelation. Easter is about 
you and I coming to the understanding that the order of the beginning of restoration and the fulfillment of all things is what happened when he ascended. Amen? That part about um, the descending into the lower parts of the earth, did anybody ever, did y'all ever uh, think or, or uh, see that there's a, a gif or a picture or whatever you want to call it that goes around of Jesus arm wrestling the devil? And they're like, this is going on over your soul. Like that is the, that is the biggest lie ever. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> there, I used to think that they used to fight, right? And that when, when Jesus descended, that he went down and walking through there, oh, demon, whoosh, another demon, whoosh, principality. Whoosh. Come on, Satan. Come on, no gloves, baby, let's go. I used to think that they got down there and they just went for it. Actually did not happen that way. <laughs> there was no fight. There was no turmoil. <laughs> he simply walked up there and snatched him keys. You know, like your mom ever snatched the life out of you? You know what I'm talking about? He got the keys, which the keys are actually authority. Amen? The authority that he had been given in from Adam and Eve, uh-uh, not today, baby. And he took the keys back, and he ascended to begin the restoration and fulfillment of all things. So what does that mean for you and I? I'm really glad that you asked that specific question. Uh, turn with me to Romans. Are y'all with me? Is this? Okay, cool. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. Let me get over there. Um, do, 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 do. Romans 8. So, highly encourage you to go back and read Romans 8. It's so beautiful. Um, are everybody there? All right, so we're going to start at, um, let's start at verse 12. Um, I'm going to read New King James, and I'm going to jump over to the Passion. Uh, it says, so then, brethren, we are under, uh, we are under obligation to, uh, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you are living according to the flesh, you must die. But if by the Spirit you are putting to death the deeds of the body, you will live. Right here, verse 14. For all who are being led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons and daughters of God. Uh, for you have not received the spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received a spirit of adoption as sons by which you cry out, Abba, Father, and the Spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are children of God. Amen? Verse 17, and if children, heirs also, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ, if indeed we suffer with him, so that we may also be glorified with him. Amen. Um, let me read it to you out of the Passion. 
Um, the mature children, in verse 14, the mature children of God are those who are moved by the impulses of the Holy Spirit, and you did not receive the spirit of religious duty leading you back into the fear of never being good enough. Can somebody say amen to that? But you have received the spirit of full acceptance, amen, uh, enfolding you into the family of God. And you will never feel orphaned, for as he rises up within us, our spirits join him in saying the words of tender affection, beloved Father. Verse 16, uh, for Holy Spirit makes God's fatherhood real to us as he whispers into our innermost being, you are God's beloved son. Verse 17, and since we are his true children, can you say that with me? True children? Yes. Since we are his true children, we qualify to share all his treasure, say all, for indeed we are heirs of God himself, and since we are joined to Christ, we also inherit all that he is and all that he has. We will experience being co-glorified with him, provided that we accept his sufferings as our own. You want to know what's really cool? Right away we read that and we think, oh man, i got to suffer for Christ. Do you remember that in our religious days? Poverty mindset. Oh my goodness. You remember that? Do you know this word sufferings right here? Right away we read it and because of the spirit of religion that has infiltrated our life, we think that we got to do some penance. Get the whip. Hey, I can talk about Catholics because my, half, my, half my family is Catholics. Oh, you did that? You better do 15 Hail Marys. And, you know, Holy Mother, Center of Grace, whatever. You better just start doing them. You better start doing them. <laughs> I remember my grandpa picking on my grandma so bad about that. Uh, he would tell her, hey, I didn't see you do them Hail Marys. I'm going to go tell that priest. You better do them. Uh, you're not doing them loud enough. Got to hear you in the back. He would do all kind of stuff like that with her, picking at her, right? But you see, that word sufferings, you know what it actually means? It's tied to, it says that we should suffer with Christ, with his sufferings, right? And that's when we're co-glorified. The word sufferings right there is talking about the emotional standpoint, feeling his sadness, feeling his hurt for people, feeling his love and compassion for people. My, 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 we are over here stuck thinking that we have to be in a some kind of bad state or some sort of other poverty situation to be co-glorified with the king of all the universe, the creator of all things, when he says, man, I just want you to feel what I feel for the people around you. See, that is what Easter is all about. Easter is all about you and I stepping in as the co-heirs, the joint heirs, the co-glorifiers with Christ, amen? To step into the grace that he's called us to step into, that he's allowed us to be part of because he descended first and got the keys back to our authority. And now he steps in and he ascends. And boom, shakalaka. <laughs> Amen. Man, Easter is about the resurrection for him 
which turn, in turn begins the restoration and the fulfillment of all things for you and I. I love, love, love. I didn't, I didn't say this, but I love that Ryan Pena said this. Um, he said that when Jesus was on the cross, if, if um, I'm trying to remember his exact words. So, uh, man, Ryan, if you're watching, don't get it, man. But he said, um, if we were supposed to do something for God, uh, to get um, in that place of right standing with him, then on the cross, he wouldn't have said it is finished. He would have said it's starting. <laughs> There's nothing that started at the cross for you and I to do. But what was started there is for you and I to become. Become who you were designed by God to be. The ability and the or I should say the, the allowance for you to step into who you really were designed to be, that switch was flipped when he ascended. Because that was the beginning of the process of restoration, my restoration. 2,000 years later is when I was, well, 1,972 years later. No, actually, you have to do the math, take off 33 years. What is it? Whatever. 1,940-something years before I was born, he already did all that for me. And he said, boom, it's done. So 1940-something years down the road when Chris is born, he has the ability now to step into who he's meant to be. So now I just got to work things around his life and drop these little things here and there so that he can come to the full knowledge of who I am. Ooh, Jesus, he's so good, Amen. He's so good. You see, the, the beginning of restoration and the fulfillment of all things, Jesus knew that that's what he went for. He knew that. Amen? He knew what was going to happen. He knew the consequences of him giving up his life. He knew what that was going to cause. He knew it. And so he's able to tell Mary, go and tell my brethren. First time that they're able to say that. And then he tells him, your God and my God. Because there had been that separation. And that is why we celebrate the death, burial, and the resurrection of our King. Amen. We are joint heirs. Let me, let me, let me read this uh, one more time. Um, uh, Romans 8, 17. And since we are his true children, we qualify to share all his treasures, for indeed we are heirs of God himself. And since we are joined to Christ, we also inherit all that he is and all that he has we will experience being co-glorified with him, provided that we accept his sufferings as our own. We will experience being co-glorified.
Does this make sense? Are y'all with me on this? Well, good, because you are, whether you are or not, it's the way it is. You are co-heirs. And he rose from the grave to make that possible. Or maybe I should say to make it absolute. There's no denying it. There's no changing it. There's no getting around it. You and I are sons and daughters. Amen? Sons and daughters, amen? Amen. Yes. So we, listen, if you've been in this body with us for any length of time, then you've heard this theme or this, oh, I'm not a theme guy. You've heard this vein, right? You've heard this because we run this way a lot. What blew me away this week as I was reading is that that's the first time that he calls them brethren, the first time that he tells them, my God, your God. He's laying the foundation to understand that, hey, man, this is it. We accomplished everything. You want to know the other side of this? Um, is there's a, there's, a, <laughs> there's, a, there's a piece that I'm trying to wrap my head around that um, it took so long. So they estimate between Abraham and Jesus, they estimate 4,000 years, more or less. And um, like, why did it take so long, right? That's one of the questions out there. Like, man, and the, the, the reality is, is we've been studying and learning some different things um, Mankind wasn't ready because mankind's view of God was too messed up. If you go back and you really, really study Abraham and you really look at Abraham, I don't know what you all thought the first time you started, when you first got saved and you started diving in and, you know, you read Genesis. Oh, man, he's a father of faith. And he's, you know, when you, when you read that, when you read that he's a father of faith, when you or a hero of faith in in, in uh, Hebrews, I don't know about you, but me, I thought I I thought Abraham was like this. Oh, Jehovah, my father, and I love you. And what do you want me to do? You want me to... and it wasn't like that at all. Abraham actually had no grid, no understanding of God as Jehovah. They were the Chaldeans. They were into polytheism. They had many gods. And Abraham actually was, the reason that the whole point came up about sacrifice your son, if you go back and look, God never tells him to sacrifice his son. Go back and read it. He never says, take your kid and lay him on the altar and cut him open. He never does that. He never once says that. He tells him, go to the mountain. He tells him, go to the mountain. The reason is because that was the standard operating procedure for the Chaldeans. Their, their worship of God as they thought and they knew him was to sacrifice your firstborn. That was standard practice with them. So the beautiful thing about our God, the real God, is he comes in with Abraham and he says, oh, so you think that that's how I am? Well, I'll tell you what, I'll meet you there. 
I'll meet you right there where you are. And I'll walk with you until it goes to a place I can't walk anymore. And the place I'm not going to walk is you sacrificing your son. And he stops him right in the nick of time. And from there, they, they stop child sacrifice, right? God does. He says, wait, we're not going to do that. Instead, you know, they moved on and changed some things around. Then they started circumcision. And then it moves from there. It just keeps going. And then there's no sacrifice. And then at one point it was, well, God needs a place to dwell, right? He needs a tent. <laughs> and then he needs a temple. And, <laughs> and there's all this craziness. And it's not that God ever got nicer. Did anybody ever think that? Like, man, man, God sure is changing, but wait a minute. He doesn't change, amen? And do you know in, in Hebrews, I think it's chapter 1, verse 2 or 3, where he says, or maybe it's chapter 2, he says that Jesus is the express exact image of the Father. He says that, right? So Jesus is, and God never changes, so Jesus is the full expression of what and who God is, which also is always has been. So you see, it's not, listen, please hear me, heresy hunters, I'm not saying that the Old Testament is wrong. I'm not. Relax. <laughs> Relax. But I truly am coming to believe that the Old Testament is not really God's perspective or lens. It's really man's perspective and lens. Because, listen, the Scripture is inspired. The Scripture is truth. It is. Yes, it is. Amen. I love it. But those men, you don't have to go out, Megan. It's okay. I'm good. You don't have to. If you want to, go on. I'm just telling you, I'm good, man. I can roll with that all day long. God was never wanting those types of things for his people. But it was the only way that they knew how to be. And God is not going to violate people. Right? So what does he do? Okay, I'll meet you right where you are. And each, if you watch and read, read the stories over the 4,000 years. Read the stories. You see the glimpses of Holy Spirit. You see the glimpses of the nature of Jesus. You see the, the glimpses as man continually increases in his understanding of how God really is. Until we get to the point where he says, okay, now... We can make it all right again. He says, son, are you ready? Because now it's time. And boom, here comes Jesus. First John to make the way. And then Jesus. And then the process of restoration can begin. My, 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 my. I think it's so beautiful, man. It's so beautiful. And there's all these years, starting with me, that I thought so wrong about him, right? I remember thinking that if I didn't pay my tithe, I was going to get a flat tire or something. How stupid is that? I'm sorry if you think that way. I'm, I'm sorry. 
but it's just, I say it's stupid because that's not the nature of God. You want to know who God really is? We look at Jesus. And that's why now I look at the scripture through the nature, through the lens of the nature of Jesus. Because that's exactly who he is. That's what it says in the word. He is the express and exact image of the Father. Would Jesus come up and, hey, Megan, that kid's being loud. We're going to go ahead and bring him to the altar right here. (laughs) Would he do that? Absolutely not. But mankind would. You know what's even more crazy? That stuff was going on all around the world. It wasn't just the Chaldeans, which, you know, there's a lot of people that don't even think that Abraham was a Chaldean. They think, oh, he's the first Israelite. He's God's people. No, he wasn't. He was a devil-worshiping Chaldean. He didn't even know God's name. He didn't know anything about God except that he thought God wanted a sacrifice of his son. But thank God for the restoration. Thank God for the resurrection of his son that began the process of fulfillment and restoration. Amen? So that's why, we, that's why I'm celebrating Easter. Um, I'm celebrating today because that's how my life was changed. That's how my life was completely changed. And I am so thankful. I'm so thankful, Father. I'm so thankful to you that you stepped in just in the nick of time for me. I'm so thankful, Father, that as I look around this room, I know many of these people's stories, and I know right where you had been lovingly trying to grab them, and I know their stories of the moment that you did, and I thank you, Father. I thank you for the process of restoration that is happening right now in our lives. I thank you that we're co-heirs. I thank you that we're joint heirs. I thank you that we can walk in glory with you and not against you. I thank you, Father, for all that you have done and what you are still doing. And I thank you that it all started with your son coming up out of that grave with the keys to our authority and ascending back to you to sit at your right hand and to continue to release grace over us. I thank you so much, Father, because you're just so good. You're so good. So good. Oh, man, he's good. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Well, uh, does this make sense? Are you with me? You good? All right. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch over to the lady right here. Come on, Raquel. Man. Sorry, I'm a little rocked at the moment. It's because of God, not because she's walking up here, so... I just put a mint in my mouth (laughs) Um, Chris was talking about our identity and who we are and what we carry I um, you know we we're we're trying to have a worship night and and our our, uh, weekends kind of keep getting filled but one of the goals in our uh, worship night is that we want to step into worship where we worship we bring the presence of the Lord. The, the music and the singing, all of this is great. But worship is, um, I'm not trying to say that this isn't worship, but we should be worshiping with what's in our heart, 
with our own language, with our own words. It's, I think it means more to Chris if I express my love to him, not words that John told me to write to tell Chris. Does that make sense? And I, that's what we want to step into is worshiping the Lord you know, a lot of times I, I'll mention up here about how, you know, if it's the one word you have in your heart, repeat it to him over and over again, because he wants to hear that from you, your body, your vocal cords, your lips, your mouth, your words coming to him. That's what he wants. And that's the worship that we want to step into. And um, we all carry something as a body. We can't come in here and have just Angela carry us. We all take part in this worship when we all open our mouths and we all speak. And um, I brought this up here because it's a picture, and um, I'm hoping that she'll come up here and explain it. But <laughs> it was just during worship, what she was picking up, she was painting. That's, that's her gifting. That's what she carries. And she's picking up in the atmosphere what's happening, what's going on, and she's painting and I feel like part of her and what she carries is that when she paints, it releases it in the atmosphere and it changes and it makes way for people to find their voice and find their worship. And if she's doing that and Marilyn's doing her part and Jim is doing his part and John's doing his part, whoa, can you imagine? We won't even need this stage anymore. This won't even be something that needs to be here because we, will be, we as a corporate body will be bringing that worship together. So if you would like to share, I would like for you to. <laughs> if you don't mind coming up here. <laughs> it is a long walk. <laughs> So, oh my gosh, this is really hard for me. I am so sorry. That, that laugh is so I know. Oh my gosh. What? So, I was I was not gonna paint because I'm like it's Easter, <laughs> so I'm not gonna paint. But I just throw this in my purse and um, I start worshiping. And then he said, "Just take your notebook." So I did. He showed me, um, he did show me the, um, the grave, the cave, right? Like from the inside out. And, and I said, okay, I'm going to paint that. He said, no, that's not what it's about. And so uh, he showed me the, I don't know if you guys can see, but it's, this, uh, it's a dove. Like, um, it's a dove just uh, propelling. And... Um, he said, well, I wrote it in Spanish, so I'm hoping that I can translate this properly. Uh, it's launching, I forgot my glasses there, <laughs> uh, to the destination of heaven, no limits. Uh, so there's, um, there's heaven with the arcoiris, how you say arcoiris, I forgot the word. I completely lost the word. Rainbow, thank you very much. And uh, I am I'm so nervous right now. This is not, this is, I would like to be there. And, um, <laughs> and then um, he, did, um, he did show me a, a road. And he said, this is, this is your road. This is um, what you're walking. And he said, volver, which is come back. 
So that's, this is the road to come back to him. And uh, I was hoping that he would give me more words, but he doesn't. <laughs> he never does. But all of a sudden, I start hearing noises in the back, and I, I just kept turning my, you know, my back towards. And um, it was the water, water falling, like um, it was raining in the house. And I'm like, what is going on? What the heck is going on here? <laughs> so... Um, I turned around, and it, it was so weird. So he said, this is an overflowing. This is a river overflowing. This, you're still here, you, you know? And what I put here, because he was so, um, this was, I was thinking of you, Zoko, because this was poetic. <laughs> this was really Spanish poetic poetry, and I'm like, what? So he says, um, uh, his glory is falling like a waterfall of living water. Um, there's a noise of, of soft, soft uh, rain. Wow. And then he showed me, um, out of the blue, uh, washing feet. And I'm like, okay, we, <laughs> what this has to do with anything? And he said, this is the mission of love. This is, this is in the road. So we're walking, and we're just finding out who we are in him while we're washing feet. The mission is not just throwing Bibles or just, you know, yeah. you're, you had all wrong. This is not that. It's just loving, yes. you know. I mean, even if they're wrong, you know, I was wrong so many times. Can you cover your ears? <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and all come back to eternal communion. He's always showing me that. It's always back to him and that eternal communion. And... um. I just really appreciate that you guys, even this is really uncomfortable, but I feel like, you know, I am free here. I can do this. And I just, um, so just do it. <laughs> it's good. I just wanted her to share that. Um, just, I wanted you guys to have a picture of what you carry. You know, sometimes we have these things rolling around in our minds of what we're feeling God is showing us or saying to us, and we're like, no, no. I mean, you know, who, who would think, let me bring a set of watercolors to church and paint, right? That's so against religion. That's so against the rules. But Jesus came to bring us life and bring us life more abundantly, not a set of rules. He didn't, right? And I love that. And I just wanted you guys to see that. What you carry matters. What you carry sets someone else on fire. What you carry lifts someone else to their standing, to their calling, to their identity, and also gives them the the courage to step into that because it's hard, right? I mean, you know, like when Laura came and she was showing me that, she's like, you're right, it is a long walk. (laughs) It is. It's really short going back, but coming, it's long. But that's okay. So... Yes, I just wanted to share that with you guys. Back to Chris. Amen. Y'all stand with us, if you would. Um, You know, the crazy thing about that, um, the first person ever recorded to to be um, moved by the Holy Spirit was an artist. Yeah. So it's not crazy, not weird. It's... We all have different gifts and different talents and different strengths that God has instilled in us, and it's beautiful. 
Amen? Amen? Father, I just thank you so much for today, for this amazing group of people and where we're headed and what you're doing. Lord, we celebrate today for what you did with giving us back the authority and the power and that you began the restoration process. Lord, we thank you so much. We pray for the rest of this day uh, that it would just be filled with us having just radical encounters with you, Father. And I pray that this week would be amazing as we prepare to do something completely out of the norm. And, and uh, I just pray that we would be excited, we would get things accomplished, and that uh, you would already begin to prepare us for how we want to encounter you out there on the campground. And we thank you so much, Father. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Be blessed, everybody. If you need prayer for something specific, just please come up and see us. We love you. God bless.